Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Shook podcast. I'm your host, Kimmy Malay, and today I have the honor of interviewing Sarah Carter. She is a trauma therapist at Heart and Soul Wellness in Clearfield, Utah, and today she's going to share her story with us. Um, a couple of things about Sarah before we get started. She uh, uses therapies such as EMDR, foot zoning, yoga. She takes the whole person into account with, you know, so she is a holistic practitioner, um, mind, body, spirit, the whole enchilada, which is really nice because I think we need more practitioners mm-hmm. like that. So I'm really excited. Um, Sarah, Sarah Space, her mission statement is... Um, Heart and Soul Wellness is a safe place for women to heal, connect, and aspire to their highest selves. I love that. So today is a big day for you. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is great. It's an honor to be here and it's an honor to share my story. So um, I'll tell you a little bit today about my business and the reason why I opened it. And in order to do that, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my life experience and what's brought me to where I'm at today. So um, I think one of my biggest life lessons has been learning self-acceptance and learning this process that I teach my clients. And it's been one of the most beautiful journeys I've ever been on. And so what I can tell you is the last five years have been the happiest time of my life. And I think one of the reasons for that is because I've also gone through some of the most painful times of my life. It's interesting how painful experiences really bring a lot of light, really bring us to a place of acceptance, but really it's through the work, right? So um, I really had to at some point learn how to own my story and that was also really hard. So uh, five years ago, I went through a divorce and I bought a home and I opened up my business and it was a time of awakening for me. So it was a time where I was really able to step into um, this place of self-acceptance. And just to give you um, just a brief kind of intro, um, I had always dreamed about opening up my own place it was always a vision of mine. And even for years in the hard, hard stuff, I remember pulling out this vision statement of what I wanted to create. Right. And I would remind myself every day of what I was doing, even when it was, even when it was really hard. And there were some days I absolutely missed it. But I would always come back to where I wanted to go. And that right now what I was experiencing was important to acknowledge, but it wasn't going to be that way every day right wow i want to hear more about um the way you phrased what a difficult time it was and and Mm -hmm. also happiest Mm -hmm. so yeah tell us about that yeah um okay so i think uh, the thing that brought me to what i call my joyful time in life was actually stepping into the dark moments so when I went through my divorce I remember one time that was just stands out in my mind so clearly and it was like this full almost like awakening where it was like 
I knew exactly what I needed to do. I knew that I could do it. And then I knew that I was going to be okay. And I also knew that God had me in his hands. So I, um, at that moment, I decided I'm going to buy a house. And it was scary as hell. But I was like, I'm going to open up my business. Because this is what everything in my life has been leading me towards. And so I'm going to do this thing that's really hard. And I'm going to figure it out. And and it was... It was definitely, it took a lot of courage, but it's ultimately what's led to my happiness. Because the more I became more and more empowered with myself, the more I found that I had more choices and the more I was really able to step into my integrity of who I am. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's so big because I think it's so easy to get stuck in this, this why me and Mm -hmm. let it take you down. Um. Right. You know, we talked about that before, like the choice, and it is a choice. It's a fork in the road, and, you know, one is disempowerment, and the other one is, you know, Absolutely. is the empowering road, and it's not always the easy road, but I think understanding that we can take, you know, some valuable lessons away from that, and and so would you say, like, what do you think that you got out of that that's, like, brought you to this place? Hmm. What I got from it was a deep dive into really starting to understand the essence of who I am and my potential and how things could unfold differently than I had imagined in the past. So I had to change the narrative and I also had to change the patterns that were continuing to play in my life. Right. One of those patterns was choosing unhealthy men that were destructive to my um, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. So that's the first thing I had to change. And so in order to do that, I had to look at uh, what are the negative beliefs? What are the things keeping me from reaching my full potential? Or from inviting someone into my life that's really going to help me rise to where I want to be, right? And helping him rise as well, like that mutual. So I had to really look at that. And that was healing and transformative because I started to have positive experiences with people who I was able to experience something different. But first I had to change the narrative. I had to understand with compassion yeah. how my life was unfolding, why that was happening. And I remember I started to use all of the modalities. What I started to do is I started to get trained in the modalities that I knew that I needed. So I got trained in EMDR, but I did EMDR for two years myself. Then I got trained in foot zoning and I got trained in yoga therapy. I'm doing my training right now for mindfulness-based stress reduction. So I continued on this path of really understanding trauma, healing the body. And really what led me on this path is in 2013, my brother committed suicide. And so- Thank you. Thank you. It was one of the hardest times in my entire life. Um, And him and I were best friends. And so I was in the middle of actually a divorce. My brother had committed suicide. And then um, I had my my, uh, middle child was diagnosed with a sensory processing disorder. And she was, she is this beautiful free spirit, but she was 
constantly going and I was just working on maintaining life, right? Right. And then my youngest, she wasn't able to, she was seeing a speech therapist. She actually wasn't able to um, breastfeed and we were going to uh, doctor's appointments, doing feeding tubes, all of these things. So all of these things were happening at the same time. And like you said, it was, it was like a landslide, right? Yeah, avalanche. Yeah, and so all of these things were happening, and yet um, I kept on moving forward. I just knew that there, even, even in the darkest, most painful, gut-wrenching, I didn't know how it was all going to unfold. I knew that I was being carried, for one thing. Um, and I also knew that, that it was going to be okay. However, that does not change the fact that there were some very painful moments that, yeah. that were very difficult to, to process. And I wasn't able to process at the time. It took me later on where I started working through that. So right. after all of this happened, I actually, um, once my divorce was finalized and I started to move forward, I actually enrolled in a yoga therapy program. Um, first, a yoga teacher training program. And I remember going to this class and sitting, um, I was grieving at the time, and I remember my professor told me, um, yeah, it's, we're gonna do some meditation. And he's like, you can be compassionate with yourself. And he's like, this is a chance for you to sit with your grief. This is a chance for you to befriend your grief. Mm. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> like, what is that? Yeah, how, That's crazy. befriending my grief, like, and you just to put this all into context, prior to me being on this path of like mindfulness and yoga and all of this stuff, I was very much a runner. Like, so in metaphorically, but also like I loved getting out and running, and that's how I processed my emotions, and then I was constantly going. So in not, every sense of the word. In every sense of the word. So not stopping necessarily to sit and process what's happening I was just going get it done move on like and that's how I was handling things and in one sense positive I'm moving forward and in another right. sense out of balance right right so I started to do some so sitting in meditation and sitting with my group was a completely new experience for me amazing yeah. I mean, can I just yeah. add to that for a second? Because, yeah. like, we just need a moment to appreciate that. Because that's so big for me when you share that with me. Because that's like, you know, a moment of the teacher being mm -hmm. the student, right? Because mm -hmm. you've been doing all of this clinical stuff. And then someone says something to you. And, and you know, you're a professional in your field. Mm -hmm. And this is a new thing. So I think that's so big and, and vulnerable for you to share and also makes you so relatable mm -hmm. and human, mm -hmm. you know, because I think that, that we have a lot of, uh, misconceptions that, um, you know, those in this field are, are perfect, right? Like right. you have it all figured out. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a big <laughs> one for me to actually work through. And I think I still work through that, but this idea of like, well, I'm a therapist. So like, why are these almost like I should be invincible? Like if I'm a therapist, <laughs> then I shouldn't have to go through difficult emotional experiences because I'm helping other people through them, right? Right. So it almost was like, I remember when I was going through all of this and 
feeling like, well, how could I be in this situation? Like, you know, I'm a therapist and I have all this training. And then it's like, yeah, and therapists, guess what? They go through stuff too. Human. <laughs> yeah, right? Human, who knew? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was Amazing. a huge uh, awakening for me. But sitting with my grief taught me to befriend my emotion and actually start to honor them. And it was actually very transformative for me because at that point, I was able to learn skills to sit in, lean in, instead of avoid and run from. Not easy. No. Not it, easy. It wasn't. And and I don't know if it gets easier. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, you know, mm. we, we have these hard things we have to go through sometimes. Mm. But, but the hope is that we'll have more tools to get us through them. Yeah, yeah and the thing I was going to mention is... One, I learned how to sit with my emotions, but then it also led me on the path of self-discovery and self-acceptance. So I started to practice and utilize these gifts and tools that helped me with understanding myself better, but also understanding the world around me better, understanding my clients better, understanding just a deeper level, just richer experiences. And so I started to continue to practice this. It led me into a path of yoga therapy, and then I continued on that path. And I always told myself I was never, ever, ever going to do addictions work, ever. Um, Tell me about that. And so, yeah, so my brother um, struggled with addiction the majority of his life. Okay. And... Um, I continue to watch this struggle for him. And Daniel is and was just absolutely an incredible person. Just absolutely through and through. Big heart. Uh, just would, he would was constantly giving to everyone around him. Like he just truly cared about people. But I watched his struggle. And the struggle was, wanting so badly to overcome something that felt so overpowering for him. And so um, I promised myself, because I had already been, like, dealt with it in my own family life, that I was never going to do addictions work. I just was never going to do it. Well, actually, after Daniel passed away, a couple of years later, I was offered a job at the Women's Recovery Center I was working with women who were who um, came from the jail who were incarcerated, and I loved the work. Just absolutely loved the work. Um, Very fulfilling. It was, and I learned the modalities that I knew. I was like, oh, these would have helped my brother so much, right? So I started learning modalities like. Um, amino acid replacement therapy that is very powerful with helping people to um, basically um, support their neurotransmitters. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of work. There's even some repair work that can be done. So um, that's one thing. And then the second thing that I learned, again, was EMDR, which just blew me away when I started doing it. It was just incredible work. Yeah, because, I'm so excited to hear more about that. Yeah, just incredible work. So I, I, well, the more I engaged with addiction, the more I realized it was very rooted in trauma. And so this is one of the reasons why I did it myself, is that 
we literally can change, create new neural pathways in the brain. It's like giving somebody a different road to drive down, right? Instead of getting stuck in the same pattern. There's a reason why those patterns are there. And it's not enough to say change your thoughts or just think differently or change your mindset. No, there's something else going on that needs to be addressed. Right. So, so yeah, it was really big for me. So as I did this work, I started to realize, oh man, like, this is powerful work, you know, and it was very transformative for me and it was very life-changing. So that's another thing that was very helpful to me is I spent about two years doing EMDR, really um, understanding um, and even befriending, understanding kind of what, not why, but how my life had unfolded and what I, how I wanted it to be different, what I wanted to create. And when we aren't given a baseline, for example, if there's things that we didn't learn or weren't taught, EMDR, I think, helps us with creating something new. There's a lot of other things we have to do with it, but I realized that actually I didn't have to stay where I was and actually I could create something different. And so that's when I started to engage in this creative process with myself of like, okay, this isn't a pattern I want to go down, so I'm going to figure out another way to do it. And so that's when I really start to do a lot more um, visions, uh, just not just, not just um, empowering statements, but really starting to metabolize the things I was saying to myself. Instead of just reading like, oh yeah, like I am enough or blah, blah, blah. Like I really started to actually practice it. Like, Okay, yeah. so how does it how does that feel for me to really feel like I'm enough? And I started to engage in this work and I started to notice changes in my body, in my mind, and my spirit because I started taking care of all three of them. So I started healing the body. Um I met a fantastic woman, her name is Patty Reese, and I met her at a yoga retreat and she taught me everything, so much about food, nutrition, how you can heal your body. Um, through through food and uh, amino acid replacement therapy Um, so that was big for me because I this helped me heal my relationship with food prior to this um, I always struggled with um, just really embracing and accepting myself and I changed my mindset to I'm going to nurture my body. It's not about the scale. It's not about what I weigh. It's not about any of that. It's just about nurturing me, body, mind, and spirit. Love that. Yeah. That's going to be healing for a lot of women too yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was for me and I was very grateful for it because I continue to find myself stuck with perfectionism, the cultural expectations, not feeling good enough as a bod- in my body. Um, I'm also a betrayal trauma survivor and so that played into my body image and I had to figure that out and I had to figure out how to change that. And one of the ways I did that was, was learning the difference between some of the really limiting, uh, you know, taking care of our health is important, but when we're doing it to get to a weight or we're doing it to get to someplace, it can become very much out of balance. At least it was for me. And so what I started to do was, you know what? I'm throwing out the scale. I'm throwing everything out. And what I'm going to care about is like how I feel and how I'm taking care of my body. And guess what? My body totally came into alignment. Everything just started to shift for me. Love that. I made it a rule a long time ago to not 
weigh myself. Yeah. I just right. don't weigh myself. Yeah. And even when I go to the doctor and they weigh me, I always turn away and I'm like, I don't want to know. And they probably think that's weird, but it's just because it's a numbers thing. Those numbers can really get into your head. And so for me, it's like, do my clothes fit? Do I feel good? Do I feel healthy? That's, that's my measuring mm-hmm. stick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And the, the other big thing that really shifted things for me is that I started to look at myself differently. So instead of a victim, I started to see myself as a survivor. So instead of um, all these things had happened to me, which there were some very traumatic things that I experienced. However, uh, viewing myself as a victim was not empowering to me. Right, right. I like um, victor instead of victim, mm-hmm. you know, because we have made it through 100% of our worst days. Mm-hmm. That's... That's conquering some serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we didn't let it defeat us. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Absolutely. So um, after that, I just decided, okay, I'm just going to make these changes. And so once I, once I started to do some, um, started to engage in addiction work and do EMDR and all of these things, it just seemed to naturally, I started in that creative process, things just seemed to naturally unfold. I started writing, which was very healing for me. And I had some dark things that I started writing. Like I just got all of my emotions out, like just got it out, got out what I was feeling and processing. And then interesting, once I did that, I started to see pieces of light. So like when I would start to write, the goodness of my life and my story started to shine through. By embracing that. I love this. Yeah. This is this is incredible because I, I and I really like that you are embracing the mm-hmm. fact that we have these dark things that, that are gonna come up. I mean, you go through dark situations, you can't just put flowers on everything, you know. That's we right. have to process some stuff. That's right. We have to call it what it is. Yeah, and I and I also like when you, you know, were explaining your avalanche and everything that you were going through. I also was hearing that, you know, the breakdown was the breakthrough and led you to all Mm. of these creative processes and modalities and interests. And so they can be a springboard for us. Absolutely. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I just, I look at pictures from the past and I like totally just, I actually want to just go and give my younger self a big hug. Like, I just want to, like, hug her and just be like, you're going to get through this. Like, it's going to be fine. It's all going to work out, right? But um, it's interesting to look back because what I feel and experience now is so completely different from what I experienced then. Right. Right? Because, and I really think I had to go through that. And for me, one of the biggest pieces was, one, my faith, but then second, owning my story. Like, being able to say, this happened. I ex- it's like the acceptance and surrender, which is the hardest. I think it's one of the hardest places to get. I accept and surrender to what I'm experiencing. And I accept all of it. And I surrender. And I turn it over. You know? And that's when that's really when I started to see things start to shift in my life and 
what we know is when moms heal, kids heal, my kids started to started to thrive. When Beautiful. they saw that I was healing, oh, it was huge. It was so transformative to see. That is so beautiful. We, <laughs> when we started this thing here, I was, uh, was, I was turning my life around. We, mm-hmm. I called it the awesome train just to be yeah. cheesy or something. <laughs> right. And so now whenever we start to slip a little bit, my daughter and I are like, let's get back on the, the awesome, awesome train. train. <laughs> love that that's the best but it is true they Uh, follow suit and our Mm -hmm. healing creates so much space for our loved ones to heal and then how that ripples out it it, it's so far-reaching so much more Mm -hmm. than than many of us realize yeah and the thing is is that it's a ripple effect so you think about the individual so I'm a social worker so I have to go I have to think about communities and all this but you have an individual you look at your family you look at your community and you look at how that can impact the world and that is truly how change happens is that we first start with ourselves and then we expand this out you know and so it's it's a beautiful process because what we know is that our circumstances are always changing Right. And that we can always be a catalyst for change. And that's, that is what my mission is, is ultimately that women have the potential to thrive. They have the potential regardless of their circumstances to move forward. But what I realized is that I had to connect in all of those pieces of my whole self, physically, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, all of those things. I had to start looking at myself as a whole person and looking at like, bringing healing into all of those areas of my life so powerful yeah powerful stuff and you've been here for so your your uh, wellness center has been open for how long now three years so i moved um i bought my home five five years ago and then um i was working at a school and then that it got to a certain point where I was like, okay, I got to jump off the diving board. <laughs> I've just got to do go it. Yeah. So I ended up just going for it. And I started it right before the pandemic is when I opened. Holy cow. Yeah. So I opened it right before the pandemic. So obviously there was a lot of challenges to work through and really still are, but right before the pandemic. And so um, everyone like closed their doors and I chose to keep mine open and that is when my business actually started to flourish is when I kept my doors open hung on for dear <laughs> life and now you're you're probably pandemic proof <laughs> yeah, yeah so, yes when anything so, happens yeah and that's awesome I really um I really appreciate your honesty with with your story and mm-hmm. and I just think that it's it's so uh, nice, especially for pr- practitioners in your field, because it, it helps. I mean, would you agree to like put the client at ease and and realize that you're a human and mm-hmm. and be able to relate with you and mm-hmm. and like wow, they have trials and struggles just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I'm very careful with the times that I disclose because I want to make sure that. My sessions are always about my clients, but um, I have a Embracing Your Authentic Self women support group, and um, I will share bits of my story in there. And the women come to me oftentimes with tears in their eyes and say, like, I can't tell you how much it helps to be coming to see someone who's willing to be authentic. 
with us. And so, because we need that, like that connection and the authenticity with one another. So much, so much. I, I think that, you know, for me and probably a lot of women would agree with this, that it felt just very kind of cold and clinical for me in the past. And, and then just this sort of like wondering and almost shaming, like, I need to be like them because they're perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, these like can, comparisons and weird stuff arise. Right. Well, it's interesting because it creates a power dynamic. So there's a very interesting article in my MBSR class I just finished reading, and it's called Helping, Fixing, and Serving. Hmm. And one of the things it talks about is when you're in the role of a fixer, you are viewing people as broken. Right. And when you're in the role of helping, it's actually very similar. Oh, let me help you. But the service is just like, hey, I'm walking with you. Let's talk about your journey. Um, I'm here to serve, right? And so, yeah, we do share our expertise and our knowledge. But when it comes down to it, the work really comes from that individual. Really, truly. Like, there's, there's insights and awareness that we can provide and that training supports us with helping um, individuals to find a path that fits for them. But the truth is, is that each individual has their own internal compass and knows exactly where they need to go. I ask my clients all the time in session, where would you like to go today? Because then it allows somebody else, the client to be in the driver's seat, which is really important. Because if right. somebody is viewing me as a person who needs to fix them, then they won't be able to rely on their own intuition. I agree. I'm going to stop this for just a moment. <laughs>